Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time once again for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we once again are so happy that you have joined us today for this time to study the Word of God. I'm going to say something up front here before I announce the title of this teaching. I believe that we are in the last of the last days. I feel such an anointing when I begin to to encourage Christians and people in general to recognize the signs of the times. They are indeed everywhere. There used to be a song uh, several years ago, in fact many years now as time is, is going forward, so seeming like quickly. Just had a birthday, celebrated our 73rd year uh, of, uh, of, of being on this planet, praise God, in our 46th year of pastor and evangelist to the to the world literally through the world wide web for the last 14 15 years and to the city of Tampa for the last 46 years and counting praise god friend of mine even when we were not on the World Wide Web, and we were not on radio, which we were on radio uh, on two occasions before that. Be, even before that, I remember getting a, 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 a letter confirming that, that tapes from our Sunday morning service, videotapes on VHS, that's datiness, was sent to a military base in Germany where a lady that used to attend our church, her husband was stationed. She moved there with him, and there was there was no church in that particular situation uh, where they could go have a Sunday morning service. They began to play our tapes from our Sunday morning, just delayed one week to get it to Germany and and uh, or so and then they begin to invite other people that wanted a church service on Sunday to come to their home. And I got a letter saying, did you know that you are ministering the gospel in Germany? Had no idea that that the word of God and our service had went to another nation. God did that. We didn't try to do that. God did it because she had written and asked for tapes from our tape minister. Friend of mine, I want you to know God is getting his word out. He will get his word out. And I want to be part of that great company that is publishing his word today to the nations of the world, to the, our city here in Tampa, and to you right where you are today. Praise God. It's amazing. We, we were on, we were on the radio, a kind of a test. Uh, radio situation in the Carolinas for for uh, uh, oh I, just about six or eight weeks just to test the waters and we went off the air after six weeks because we didn't really have any particular response uh, not realizing it takes a lot longer than that to establish a footprint and really hear from people so we went off the air because we our monies were tight and God didn't continue to prompt us but I got a call from the radio station, and it was, uh, I guess, several, it was a long way from Charlotte, uh, and, and, and beyond where that radio normally would reach, but I, I got a letter from the radio station in the, in Carolina, and, and they said, 
Pastor Venable, would you allow us to replay your tapes? We saved the masters. Would you allow us to replay them? There will be no charge. We haven't sold that time to anyone, and we'd like to replay yours. They And I said, <laughs> you know, I didn't say I'm going to pray about that. God said, go into all the world, didn't he, and preach the gospel. Well, when doors open to do that, I don't have to pray about that. I go through that door in the name of Jesus. And, and they ran the tapes again, and I preached again. And you know what? I got a letter from a lady who got delivered, set free, and saved, sitting at a red light in Charlotte, North Carolina, not even supposed to get that station, but going across the dial, and that station came through. I believe God took it to her. <laughs> I don't know how it got beyond its normal range, but I know that it did. And I know there was a target for the Word of God. And I love the Scripture in the Old Testament. I'm trying to warm up to this message, but I'm just telling you, uh, God is sending His Word. And when we go on the air and when we do anything through the media, any outreach with the, with the preaching and proclaiming of the gospel, we claim the Scripture in the Psalms that said He sent His Word and healed them. Hallelujah. Amen. And delivered them from destruction. He sent His Word. Praise God. And He's been sending it for 46 years and counting. And He's going to continue to send it, not just through our ministry, but through all ministry that have the vision to reach the world for Jesus because the coming of the Lord is very near. And we want you to have an incentive to run with patience the race that is set before us. Because now is the time. There'll never be a better opportunity to run full out for Christ than right now in this end time. Amen. So we're talking about running the race with the crown in view. Running the race with the crown in view. In view, holy incentives to run full out for Jesus, even in the contrary winds, even when the, when the pushback is coming so strongly against the gospel and against believers. Now is the time. This is the hour to run full out for Christ. Amen. Let's read this from 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven on the subject running the race with the crown in view. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, we're getting ready to, to once again move into the time of the Olympics. We're getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday. We're getting ready for, for sports events and, and competitions. And, and we're getting ready for more boxing matches for, to obtain the prize or the belt that says that you are the, the, the heavyweight champion of the world and you own all the belts, the unified champion. And, and we're getting ready for golf uh, competitions and, and all kinds of, of, of situations 
where people whose only incentive is that that is going to pass away. It'll be the prize of the money, the fortune, the fame, the, 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 the exaltation that comes when, when, when you're lifted up and you get endorsements and fans applaud you. All of that is going to pass away one day. And yet, they do it for this corruptible crown. But we, for an incorruptible, we have an eternal reward for serving Jesus, for persevering in the face of all the opposition, temptation, and persecution. They discipline themselves and their lives to run and to practice and to endure. You know, we're told to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Endurance is the name of the game. Amen. That we might deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. Amen. Listen to verse 26. It said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. In other words, I'm not shadow boxing. I have a target that I am going and setting myself to defeat. And the next verse is going to tell you, and there's two right answers to this, amen. It is certainly the devil. There's no doubt we have an adversary. The Bible said our adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. And the scripture talks about that resistance of him when it says, Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And it's so the, the first step in overcoming our arch enemy, the devil, is overcoming another enemy that is way closer to us than he is. In fact, if you're a Christian today, you've been translated out of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear Son. He doesn't have the authority nor the influence over you that he once had before you came to Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You, you have a new master now. You have a new king, and you're in a new kingdom, and it's not the kingdom of darkness. It's the kingdom of light. Praise God. Marvelous light. Hallelujah. Praise God. But listen to what he said. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest at any time when I have preached to others I myself be a castaway he's talking about literally failing to persevere and failing to follow Christ and failing to go forward in his life after he has preached to others because he doesn't target his own weak flesh. And his, his devotion isn't deep enough to winning this thing for the glory of God, the honor of God, the love of Christ, that he would have the discipline necessary. And that's why that we're talking about running the race with the crown in view. Not to point out weaknesses. We all are weak. <laughs> but when I'm weak, 
and look to Him for the help I need, the strength I need, the sufficient grace that I must have to keep on keeping on for Jesus. I find more than enough. But I have to have that incentive. So Paul uses the analogy of a race to impress upon Christians the importance of commitment to our Christian walk and the reward that awaits those who persevere. Listen to what he said in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Run with patience. This is not the the word for patience that is used in this context for taking a number and waiting till your number is called. It's not sitting in that doctor's office waiting for your turn. It's not standing in that long line at Walmart. If you're here in America or wherever you are there around the world, I understand. It's not that kind of patience. It's perseverance. It's endurance. And it says we're to develop this with an incentive by looking, verse 2, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your own mind. Friend of mine, when I get tired, bone tired, like Jesus was at Jacob's well, he knows that feeling. He understands you and me and our frame and our makeup. The Bible said he was wearied And he told the disciples, I'm going to rest here. Go on in and buy some food. Go into the city and get some meat, literally some food, because he was weak and he was tired. And the Bible said he was weary, physically weary. Remember when the woman came to draw water from the well? And he said unto her, not being a Jewess, he said unto her, Woman, give me to drink. And she was astonished that he, being a Jew and obviously a, a rabbi or a holy man of some sort, would ask her, would even speak to her to ask her to serve him. There was that kind of, of chasm between the, 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 the Jews and the, and, and the Gentiles. And he said, Woman, give me to drink. And she immediately drew water from the well and drawing it for Christ. And he said, Woman, if you knew who it was that said, Give me to drink, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. And she said, Lord, Give me then this water. And there's a story there, and you can read it in John's Gospel, chapter 4, 
but but and when she went back into her community this woman who had had such a a, a tarnished reputation such a painted life of 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 all looking for fulfillment in relationship after relationship uh, didn't even bother making a commitment before moving in with a man because she didn't have any commitments in the past that ever lasted, looking for love literally in all the wrong places. But Jesus loved her. Jesus forgave her. And she said, come and see a man. Praise God. Amen. And a crowd came. And when they came back, this weary man who was physically spent was spiritually uh, uh, just enlivened. He was preaching the gospel to those people. And they said, has someone brought him food? Did someone come by and give him something to eat? He was so bone weary. But look at this. You see, that joy that was set before him not only caused him to stay on the cross because he could have come off if he chose to, but he chose to stay on it and pay our sin debt. That joy that was set before him, you could see the joy of the Lord strengthening him. As he preached, there was a renewal in him. There was something that caused his physical body, that that <laughs> holy joy must have released endorphins and adrenaline at the same time. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And they said, is anybody giving him meat? Did somebody beat us back with a meal? And he said, I have meat that you know not of. Because my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I am energized. That doesn't mean you don't have to eat. Amen. It doesn't mean you can just preach and not stop to, to take in nutrients and drink water. What it does mean that in spite of the weakness and weariness of soul or body, amen, if we get about our Father's business, we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and our own spirit. Hallelujah. To have the joy of the Lord and the joy of pleasing God and the joy of serving God. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise God. Consider Him. In other words, the focus is not on us and our weariness, us and our hurt. God cares about all of these things, but we dare not focus on our own hurt, our own, our own pressure, our own problems, our own circumstances. We will become weary and faint in our own mind. But when we consider Him and the hatred and the hurt that He experienced, not only the hurt of the pain of being nailed to the cross and the terrible beating that occurred before He was even put on the cross, but the pain of hearing that crowd cry, crucify Him. The pain of such hatred, the pain of rejection, the pain of of having his own father have to draw back from him when he who knew no sin, he never sinned, but he was treated as a sinner and God couldn't comfort him while he was in essence taking our place on the cross. And he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which being interpreted is my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? 
He didn't have the comfort of his father. He died and suffered and died as a man forsaken of God. That's why Isaiah 53 that said, When we saw him, there's nothing that we should desire him, but we did consider him smitten of God, stricken of God, smitten and afflicted. But surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes, we are healed. First Peter 2.24 says, With his stripes we were Isaiah 53 is looking forward to the cross prophetically. 1 Peter 2.24 is looking back at the cross after the fact. Hallelujah. We are healed prophetically before the cross. According to Isaiah, what he would achieve would heal sin's deadly wound and let us have a relationship with God where we could actually be healed in our body as well because of his stripes. Praise God. Next verse says that we all we like sheep have gone astray, but God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Oh, friend of mine today, what an incentive to get in the race if you've been sidelined and if you're in the race to keep on running full out for Jesus today. Lest you be weary and faint in your own mind, look unto Jesus, not just for what you need to be granted you from Him alone, like strength and grace and mercy which He will grant, but as an example of how to endure and the reason that he endured all of that is for the joy that was set before him. He had a joy in pleasing his father, but I believe that he looked down through time. He saw all the souls that would be lost if he didn't go to the cross, stay on the cross and pay in full our sin debt. I believe he saw you I believe he saw me. I believe he saw how helpless and hopeless we were. How we would be eternally banished from the presence of God and punished unless he paid the debt. And I believe he not only saw our lost condition, he saw me come to Christ. He, if you're a Christian, he saw you come to Christ. I believe he looked down through time and for the joy of saving us. <laughs> Amen. He endured the cross, despising the shame. I love that song, that great song of faith that says, while he was on the cross, we were on his mind. See, he didn't get weary and faint in his mind. He set himself like a flint when he left the garden of Gethsemane to go through with this. He had to look past the suffering and the rejection of a crowd that hated him and wanted him, wanted his hurt and wanted his death and, and cried, give us Barabbas and kill him, crucify him, crucify him. And the, and the, 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 the assaults that came from that crowd while he was writhing in pain on the cross. Physician, you've healed others, now heal yourself. They mocked him while he 
was on that cross. Oh, but friend, what held him there? Certainly not the nails. When Peter tried to defend Christ, when they came to take him for the, for the beating that he received and ultimately the crucifixion, he said, Peter, if my kingdom were of this world, I would call the armies of heaven. I would call the angels of heaven, the armies of heaven to deliver me. But my kingdom is not of this world. Praise God. You know, when he told them that he must be given to the hands of men, that he must surrender himself for this purpose, Peter said, be it far from thee, Lord. And and Jesus addressed the devil because he knew Peter didn't get this, but the devil knew what was about to occur. He knew the prophecy. He knew the seed of a woman was going to bruise his head. He, he could only bruise the heel. This is a temporary wound, but not a deadly wound. But the seed of the woman, the prophecy said, would bruise his head. And I believe Satan was figuring it all out now that this is the one that had been prophesied that would defeat him, that would plunder hell to populate heaven. Praise God. Amen. Listen very carefully today. Jesus endured the shame and the pain of the cross and the rejection not only of that crowd, not only of Peter, who swore with an oath and said, I never knew him, but he kept loving Peter, and he kept loving the world, and he cried from the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They really don't fully understand what they're doing and who is motivating them to do it. And that's why he told Peter, when Peter said, literally, think of yourself is what it would come out in the Greek grammar. Think of yourself. Think of yourself. Oh, be it far from thee, Lord. Think of yourself. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't think of himself? That he was thinking about you. He was thinking about me. He was thinking about all those people in the book of Revelation when it said, where, where are these coming from? John is being escorted by the angel. And the angel says, where are these coming from? John said, I saw. I saw people out of every kindred, tongue, and nation who had washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, these are those who have come through great tribulation. Not the great tribulation that is in the book of Revelation, that seven-year period, Jacob's trouble. No, through much tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. We, listen, if, if you're coming under conviction today, there's a force bringing you toward God. And I'm going to tell you, there's a force going to rise up against you too. Thelpsis means pressure. That's the word for tribulation. Pressure, anguish. I tell you, you've got to press into this thing. If the Lord is calling you, you don't, don't let the devil divert you from this is a holy thing that is happening. If you feel the guilt and shame and fear of being lost, that's a good thing because that's a God thing. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I don't want you lost, but I want you to know where you're headed. I want you to know how all this is going to end, but I'm offering you a way out. 
I'm offering you forgiveness. I'm offering you restoration. I'm offering you a place at my table. I'm offering you a place in the holy city, the new Jerusalem. I'm offering you eternal life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend, if God calls you today, answer his call. Don't run from him. Run to him. And if you're a Christian today, and you've been sidelined, and you've been discouraged, I want you to look to Jesus. I want you to go right back to the foot of the cross where you first got saved, and look up to this man hanging on that cross in your behalf, and get up, and get up, and get up, and get back in the race. See, this is not a wind sprint. When I played football in school, it wasn't. Uh, we, we ran wind sprints to build our endurance and stamina so that we wouldn't fatigue in a football game when it's so critical that we, we go full out to win that game. And we had to be toughened to it. And, and I had a coach that had no mercy. He, he helped us to build endurance and stamina. Uh, we've got a, a, a personal trainer here in our city whose, whose slogan is, you will hate your trainer, but you'll love the result. Amen. In other words, he's going to push you to do better. God's not going to make us do anything, but I believe he's going to give us a holy incentive to run full out for Jesus Christ today. If you've been sidelined and you are so bone weary, you don't feel like fighting anymore. Amen. Jesus will encourage you today. Look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of your faith. Consider him. Consider him. In the way that the Bible says to think of him suffering and dying in your behalf, lest you become weary. See, the focus shifts from your fatigue, your weariness, your pressure, your pain to his suffering, his love, his grace, his mercy towards you. Such a price was paid to save you. It's time to get up, get back in the race reestablish your devotion to Him. And that deep devotion to Him will bring the necessary disciplines. They do it, Paul said, for a corruptible crown. We do it for a higher, more permanent reason. And that is for the eternal reward of serving God effectively. Hallelujah. And the joy that we will have right now Amen. I'm 73 now. I should be looking toward retirement. I have talked about it before because I felt, well, it's a, it's time for me to be sidelined. I'm just a, I'm, I, listen, friend of mine, I feel a fire in my bosom. I feel the Holy Spirit down in my soul. I do not feel like some old preacher, some old antiquated guy, amen, that, that, that has lost the vision. I could be. It could happen. But I bring my body under subjection too. And I rekindle the flame of the fire of the first love because I keep going back to the cross. I keep going back to Calvary. I keep bowing at the bleeding feet of Jesus and crying out, Lord, I want to I do something significant 
for you before I go to heaven. <laughs> but if I go to heaven tomorrow, I want to know that I've served you full out today. Praise God. Friend of mine, I, I want to give you an incentive. I love what Vince Lombardi said. Our time is getting away from us. But listen to what he said. And I, I, a great football coach, and I want to take on that coach attitude, that pastor part of me right now. He said, and I quote, You cannot achieve perfection, for it is unobtainable. Now, that doesn't mean we don't pursue perfection, because the Scripture's clear that we are to go on to perfection, not laying again those first principles of the oracles of God, those foundation stones. We're to build on that, not to camp out on it. Amen. That foundation of baptisms and such. We're to go on to perfection. Listen, you cannot obtain perfection, for it is unobtainable. But if you chase perfection, you can catch excellence. Oh, I want to read that again. Listen carefully. You cannot achieve perfection, for it is unobtainable. Michael Jordan said it this way in the sports world. He said, he said, you know, people talk about how accurate I was in making baskets, but he said, I missed a lot of shots. And he said, some people are so afraid of missing, they don't even take the shot. He said, but you miss every shot that you don't take. The devil is counting on someone who has missed and messed up and failed to achieve what you set out to do for you to just give up and quit. And friend of mine, God is counting on you to not quit, but to get up and go on. <laughs> the fight isn't over if you get back up. <laughs> Even if you get knocked down, I said the fight isn't over if you get back up. And God is calling somebody in the sound of my voice today to get back up. Praise God. Amen. Uh, you cannot achieve perfection, for it's unobtainable. But if you chase perfection, you can catch excellence. And I believe that we can be excellent representations of a different kingdom while in this fallen world and a different king. I believe we can be true disciples of Jesus Christ. I believe that we can be followers of God in this in, well, the Bible said it like this in the New Testament. It said, In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation, you shine as lights in the world. We are called to be God's luminaries in a wicked, wicked, dark world, sin-darkened world. When we follow Jesus, we show the world that there's another kingdom Besides the kingdom of this old world and the kingdom of darkness, there's a kingdom of light and life. 
in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And there's a joy in serving Him and pleasing Him. Hallelujah. That's what it meant when it said you're the light of the world. No one lights a candle and puts it under a bushel, but holds it high that everyone in the house might see. We are the light of the world. And the Bible said men would see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Now, good works here is not, as I've said before, just philanthropist, just being giving to the poor. These are all good works, and Christians should be giving people, loving people, helping people. Of all people, we should be that kind of people. But there's a greater work than that. It's following Christ in an untoward world that will set us apart. People will see our devotion. People will see our discipline born out of that devotion. That we are not going to bow to Baal. We are not going to bow to the gods of this world. We are going to follow the true and the living God. We are going to follow Jesus Christ. And we are going to deny ourselves in order to follow Him. Our values are not going to reflect the world, but the kingdom of God. Because we serve a different king than the prince of darkness, that is, the ruler of this world as far as influence through that darkness. We are the children of light. Hallelujah. And men will see our good works. That's how we show them the kingdom of light and the kingdom of life. We can't be perfect, but we can pursue and live our life running the race with the crown in view. Hallelujah. And if we chase perfection, we can achieve excellence. Glory be to God. So today, I want to encourage you. If you've been sidelined, I want to encourage you to run with patience the race that is set before you. Somebody under the sound of my voice has been sidelined. Somebody is discouraged. Somebody is despondent today. Somebody needs to get back in the race. Jesus was weary at Jacob's well until a woman come to draw water who was lost without God. And Jesus said, Woman, give me to drink. And she was shocked that a Jew would speak to a Gentile and, and even ask to be served by her. And he said, woman, if you knew who it was who said, give me to drink, you would ask of me. I would give you living water and you would never, ever thirst again. And she said, sir, then give me then this water. The reason he was at the well is because he was weary. He understands being bone tired and weak and faint. He told his disciples, you go get something to eat, bring back some food, and I'll rest here in the shade of Jacob's well in John's Gospel, chapter 4. This woman ran into town and said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come and see this man, hear this man. And a crowd had gathered and Jesus is preaching, he's energized. 
He doesn't look like a man who was weary and bone tired. And they wondered and among themselves and said, Did somebody bring him food before we got back? And he said, I have meat that you know not of. For my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Oh, friend of mine, God wants to energize you today. God wants to re-energize you today. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to help you rekindle the flame and the fire of the first love. And if you don't know Jesus today, don't run from Him. Run to Him. Repent of your sin. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.